Crock Elite, a podcast about no effects. What's going on here? Is it some sort of gruff, light hip-hop infusion of punk rock? Oh no, it's just Get Red. Hey Red, how are you doing? Hello, I see what you did there. That yeah, was quite yeah. good. Yeah, it's not bad, huh? Um, aren't, uh, no, aren't, aren't Get Dead supporting no, no effects when we see them? When we, Eddie French and Red Redmond, see them, I believe they are. Which or... is interesting because from the Fat Wreck documentary... I kind of assumed their lead singer couldn't leave the country due to crime. Yes, but he also strikes me as <laughs> someone who wouldn't let that get in the way of leaving the country. Yes, fair. <laughs> Maybe he's not supposed to, but they'll just put him in with the drum kit. <laughs> and no one will notice that he hasn't turned up for his parole meetings or whatever it is. Um <laughs> He seems fun. He was on. Uh, he was like the the unofficial co presenter of Fat Mike's podcast, right? Uh, and that's just because he was just always around Mike's house. I'm like, well, we've got to record it at some point, so we'll just do it now. Um, apparently, during lockdown, he'd just sort of show up. He'd be like, you know, it's lockdown. He's like, and <laughs> well, well, all right then. Um, so, uh, so yeah, typhoid Mary, that guy. <laughs> We have got another interview episode today. We do with one of our our dear friends. Yes, someone someone that we've uh, we've all we've hung out with in the real world, IRL for you terminally online. Yes, Sully O'Sullivan. I'm so relieved we've got Sully on. Not just because I always wanted to talk to him about this on this podcast. He was one of the first names you suggested when we uh, concocted mm-hmm. this for Cockter idea. Uh, but also because uh, we've been saying we're going to be having people from the music industry and comedy on and uh, outside <laughs> of us, first time. <laughs> Sully, a Manchester-based uh, New Zealand comedian. Uh, yeah, and, you know, like, just such a lovely guy. I've been to Wonderful. so many punk rock shows with Sully. Mm. Um, I, I've, I've been excited to get him on the show. Um, and it was a lovely conversation. He's got a lot of good yep. stories oh, and yeah. I think a lot of views and insights into no effects that we hadn't heard on the show before. No, uh, and that's always the exciting thing because, you know, uh, some people will have been thinking, well, how much can you really talk about no effects? And I'll admit, we have been some of those people. But people uh, have always been surprising us with uh, their takes, their points of view, their perspectives, and that's what's really very exciting. And it all comes down to the fact that we uh, we all love punk rock and uh, what punk rock can be uh, for individuals as well. So that was super exciting to chat to uh, Sully, um, and it's uh, and it's a girthy old chat. So I think we'll uh, plow straight into it, shall we? Absolutely. Cool. If you uh, if you hear anything that you like or you want to comment on or say anything about whilst you're listening, uh, Punk Rock Elite Podcast at gmail dot com, and let us know what you thought. But uh, don't worry about that too much. Just enjoy the chat. And here we are with Sully O'Sullivan. Hi, Sully. Hey, morning. How are you doing? You're right. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, as a comedian, I'm a, a night person, so uh, this is my uh, right. just getting into the day phase. Right, yeah, now, sorry about that. Y- you are obviously from uh, New Zealand, but uh, yes. whereabouts are you currently? 
Uh, right now, I am in my uh, very cluttered office in Manchester, uh, uh, England, uh, that uh, Manchester, for anybody, uh, you know, obviously there's Manchester's in Australia, in Ontario, uh, no, the original Manchester, I assume, uh, yeah, in England, uh, which is where I'm currently based. Lovely, lovely, lovely. And you're a stand-up comedian yourself. We've worked together for many years. It's lovely to have you on the show. It's good to be here. You know, in... Yes, you know, the I, interweb. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I first met I I met you many many years ago. You wouldn't uh, possibly remember it. It was while I was at university. You did the comedy night at Warrington Freshers Week. There was uh, you. Ooh. There was Electric Forecast, uh, Valentine Fly Guy, and um, I remember being massively impressed. You did twenty minutes, and in that time, you managed to drink three cans of Carling. <laughs> I um uh, I, I do genuinely I do remember that trip. I hadn't been in the uh, the country long, and one of the things I remember about it is I got a lift up the country with electric forecast, but they couldn't give me a lift back for some reason. And we're on the trip up, and they're like, "Have you yeah? Have you got somewhere to stay?" I'm like, "Nah, we're doing a freshers week gig. It'll be fine." <laughs> you know, the students <laughs> will, will provide. Um, and I, I, it was while I was on the way up, I got a call from the booker saying, "Are you in? Have we got you in Warrington tonight?" And I said, "Yeah." And they said, "Could you be? Could you do a gig in York tomorrow?" And I'm like can you get to York from Warrington? And they're like, yes. I'm like, then I can do a gig in York tomorrow. And then uh, uh, while I was on the uh, way to York, uh, they gave me a call saying, have we got you in York tonight? And I said, yeah. They said, can you be in Bridlington tomorrow? I'm like, I don't know. Can I? Uh, So, uh, yeah, I ended up uh, three days. I was at least three days on the road. I was still wearing the same clothes that I'd set off in. Uh, And I remember getting into Bridlington, (laughs) sitting on a bus going, what's that smell? Oh, oh, that's me. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So I do remember that trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got back to where I was uh, staying in London eventually. Yeah. That's a, I'd, I'd no idea. I'll have to tell my mate Gav, who uh, remembers that uh, evening as well. I like, hey, well, I mean, that was the end of our adventures in Narnia, but it was Sully's beginning of his adventures in Narnia. <laughs> yeah, I do remember also, like, it was. You said about the three cans of cowling. It was one of the first gigs I did in the UK. Someone said, are you going to take that bear on stage? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, I think that's really unprofessional. So I made a point of taking two. Uh, And I think that was the start of very bad habits. (laughs) Right, right, right. Because I think everyone, it wasn't really a sort of, everyone was pretty much doing 20 minutes. I think Valentine Fly Guy, who I only ever saw at my union um never heard of him again he's a character guy who's sort of dressed as like a 70s pimp <laughs> and, yeah um... uh, valentine fly guy was like uh, it was great i gig gig with him a bit um i yeah. don't believe he's still with us unfortunately um uh oh, really? but yeah he was oh. a yeah he was a um uh yeah he was a he was like he wrote plays and things like he he, he was a character actor um right. uh so yeah oh, sometimes nice. you'd be uh, you'd be at a gig and while you're on stage, he's backstage working on like a proper piece of theatre and then he's going on stage in his pimp hat with his <laughs> and throwing out the hole. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, no, because it was all yeah, and he, and he was talking. It, it was a, a sort of this black exploitation character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, really, really interesting. Um, yeah, absolutely baffling because he was like he was he was clearly from London when you spoke to him or, or something. You know, he was, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. uh, it was a whole. It wasn't even like a throwback to something he'd have like mm. been familiar yeah, with. Yeah. It was yeah, it was really great. Anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, Sully, when did you get into punk rock? Uh, so it was, it was one of those slow transitions for me, uh, the, to say the, uh, the punk set, you know, obviously punk is synonymous with being underground. Uh, but, uh, mm. when you're growing up in New Zealand, um, there's a fine line and, and, and this is a lot, a lot of it's, you know, pre-internet. It's a fine line between, uh, underground and non-existent, um, uh, yeah, and so, sure. like, my, my, yeah, my first, uh, I, I would, the first uh, punk band I remember hearing, uh, in fact, it's this one here, was The Clash. Um, ah. Because, you know, although they were incredibly influential when it comes to punk, they were also, by that stage, fairly radio-friendly. Like, you would hear them on, yeah. you know, fairly middle-of-the-road radio stations. And so, you know, when I first yeah. heard songs like uh, London's Calling, Should I Stay or Should I Go? Uh, mm. That's when you start going, oh, what's this? This is different. You know, I want to hear, yeah. um, uh, you know, I want to hear more. And that's when you start digging around. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Do you uh, do you remember um, hearing No Effects for the first time? Uh, so I don't remember hearing them for the first time. Um, but I, I, in, in, in terms of sort of getting into them, so to speak. Um, like I literally mentally, I said someone uh, yesterday uh, that, um, you know, we're doing this podcast today and I literally said to them, I hope they don't ask me when I first, you know, discovered no effects because it, <laughs> it's borderline sure. embarrassing. Um, so I'm at a festival in the UK. Uh, I'm there uh, with a girlfriend at the time. She knew the type of music I liked. You know, we're going through the bands that are playing and she's like, oh, no effects are on at that time. You know, I assume you want to go and see them. And I'm like, I've heard of no effects. Like, but who, you know, what do I, <laughs> do I know if they played? And she's like, you must know no effects, you know. And I'm like, I, so anyway, we went along. And it was, it was one of those things where, like, every second or third song, it, for me, it was like, mm. oh, yeah, I know this. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 I, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, by that time, they'd already been around some time. So you start digging to back catalogue and things like that. Uh, and it's, so, so it was almost like a sort of steep curve from do I know no effects? To I've got all the stuff by no effects. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I must go and see them next time they're around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's so cool. would that have happened when you would come over to the UK? That would have happened. Yeah, yeah. I was already in the UK uh, when ah. that, that was it. Because this is the other thing is that um, bands of a certain level, because like no effects, you know, obviously huge cult following, but they're not stadium fillers in that respect. Um, so you, you don't expect yeah. them to play a 30,000-seater stadium. Um, uh, and so those you know, bands of, I don't want to say their level because it sounds patronising, but of that ilk um, don't necessarily make it very often all the way down to New Zealand. You know, it's a long way to go. Um, yeah. And if they do, they might do it once or twice and they'll do it as part of a festival lineup 
for something like Big Day Out, which is one of our main festivals in Australasia. But even then, that's only a one-day festival. Uh, it's not like the sort of three days uh, you, you get for almost most festivals here in the UK with the camping either side and, and all that kind of carry-on. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I'll be honest, I, I would need to check if they've ever made it out as far as New Zealand ever. Um I've uh, I've just had a look actually I've literally just googled have no effects played New Zealand um and according to guest guest patacular guest patacular.com no effects has played in New Zealand 8 out of 1718 concerts <laughs> So you know what 8 is more than I would have picked 8 is definitely more than I would have picked yeah yeah well, I imagine that that is probably four years of um, like big day out style festivals in two cities. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other thing you do. So I know the- like um, uh, throwing to a completely different punk band, like the business, I know they played out in New Zealand, but that was for them. That was part of the bit where they're like, um, you know, intentionally going to, you know, as far as uh, far away as they could possibly go, kind of phase, um, yeah, where yeah. where people are almost touring for shits and giggles, as opposed to um, you know actually making any money out of it. Yeah, well, if, I suppose if you're thinking uh, we're not going to be making any money anyway, we might as well and go go and 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 just have the experience and and write it off with the rest of this. Fuck. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. obviously, <laughs> you know, just numerically, um, uh, Australia's a bigger country, but once you're there, uh, yeah, it's only another three hours on a plane from Sydney. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I suppose, you know, that's the same as, you know, oh, we've got it, we're in Italy, but Luxembourg, if we can go and do that one, you, you probably would. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those weird... Um, it's 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 the way you think about things because in terms of miles, uh, Sydney to Auckland is actually further than London mm-hmm. to Tunisia. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's actually further. Um, uh, so yeah, while people, you know, because people always say, "Oh, New Zealand, Australia, oh, they're next to each other." They're next to each other only in respect that there's nothing else around New Zealand. <laughs> right, right, right. It's it. I mean, that's certainly a trap I've fallen into, as we've just witnessed. So to, oh. to to people who would be like completely unaware of, you know, the music scene in New Zealand, are there, I mean, and I assume there must be, who are like the big New Zealand punk bands? So in terms of worldwide profile, um, I would say the rabble would be the biggest. Um, mm-hmm. uh in terms of ones people know. Um, but honestly, if you said to your average New Zealander, if you said, you know, if you said to anyone on the punk scene, you know, they would have, they would know the rabble and they would have whatever their, you know, views are on the rabble. Cause you know how it works. If someone, uh, as soon as they uh, yep. get a small amount of success, uh, someone's got to hate on them. Um, uh, but, uh, Honestly, you said to the average New Zealander, the rabble, um, they would not know who you were talking about. Um, that's, that's the reality of it. The, right, the yeah. punk scene is much smaller and more sort of niche and localised. Um, uh, you know, for whatever reasons, uh, other genres, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, rock, dub, um, downbeats um, are all much bigger genres within the New Zealand music scene. 
Mm. So New Zealand never got their own like living end sort of homegrown. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know what, the living end were were pretty big. Uh, you know, I, I remember going and seeing uh, them play in Wellington. They um at a mid sized venue uh, playing two concerts. Uh, I got um, the early concert was a um, uh, well not under 18s, but it was a alcohol free gig. Um, oh. where under-18s could buy tickets that the, that the venue didn't even know they were putting on to the day. They're like, really? We, we agreed to this? We're gonna, not going to make any money. Um, <laughs> and, and I know that because I know the venue uh, manager at the time. And then they did an evening gig as well. Um, and because, oh. obviously, you know, uh, a lot of people were buy, buying tickets to the evening gig so they could actually buy a drink at the bar. Um, the I, I managed to you know score free tickets to the earlier show, and you know what? They were great. Uh, they were absolutely kick ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and then apparently, and this is just anecdotal, um, I'm told that the evening show wasn't quite as good because they had they did just. Yeah, they hadn't done one of those things where they go, "Oh, we better, we're playing two gigs. We better pace ourselves. Leave something in the tank." Sure. Um, actually, gone off in the early one, and, and you know, and by the evening oh, no. show, they're beginning to flag a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, that's anecdotally wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> little slower than the record. Never. Yeah. Was <laughs> no, that's because um, that that's interesting because the like the only other band I sort of, I mean, I know that. In the US, whenever you're not from the US and you're into punk rock from the US, there's always this fable thing of the the all ages matinee. Oh, what is this mystical thing that we've heard about? <laughs> what? Oh, and uh, you know, because of their drinking laws being so severe and strict and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, you're like you know, you just hear about these things. You're like people sh- talking about them in songs and stuff, and and uh and interviews where it's just like they're just saying it as if that's a normal thing everyone knows i've worked out what yeah, they yeah, are, yeah, yeah. But, you know, but there's sort of these things you're like well, we don't have any of that over here i don't you have all dayers but it's never yeah the bar is open from 12 when the music starts it's not you know? yeah um and so uh, the only other sort of band I've he- I've I've heard of sort of doing those afternoon shows sort of outside of the UK was was Madness when right. they used to do sort of fam and that's why people thought they were a kids band because they were you know dressed up all silly in their videos mm. and then they did sort of afternoon shows specifically for younger people but it's not really a a sort of a thing that yeah, I mean, in, in other parts of the world, um, and I've, I've heard of this happening here, and, and I've witnessed it happening in New Zealand, is um, particularly gigs at uni when the drinking age was. Um, I mean, I was actually, when I was going through uni, it was uh, the drinking age went through that transition period where they actually moved it from 21 to 18. Um, and oh. but there were also workarounds where, like, um, because in New Zealand at the time, uh, you could have a drink if you're over a certain age, as long as you were having a meal or something like that um, right, in that right, sort yeah, of gray sure. zone. So, like, um, oh, you know, your ID says you're you know under twenty one. Uh, ergo, you're going to have to buy a voucher for a hot dog, uh, <laughs> um, which you may right, never right. use. And now you can go into the gig and get a beer while you're at it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I heard yeah. of. Um, uh, unis over here um, doing uh, lotteries where because they couldn't you couldn't buy a beer but you could win one. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, it, oh, what are the odds? Everyone's won a beer. <laughs> yeah, I've played gigs in the uh, in the UK where uh, comedy ones where that was the method of alcohol distribution. Um, <laughs> and I remember just thinking, well, I mean. I mean, you could tell by the rest of the gig that this was not a uh, a professionally run thing. It was pretty ramshackle. But, you know, when you start out, you know, anyone gives you stage time, you take it. It's totally, like, um, totally. Oh, by the way, they go, oh, you've got some free raffle tickets as part of your fee. I'm like, what? You got free raffle tickets for the for the, 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 the raffle and pointed over. And it was all, and because it was a raffle, it was all displayed on a table. So it was just warm. It was, <laughs> it was like, oh, absolutely. I can't afford it. Because... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. here's your warm bottle of Heineken. Because uh, if they chilled it, it would look like it was for consumption there and then. Oh, right. It's going to be a prize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, well, Crazy. you guys are sticking to the letter of the not law really, really yeah. well. I'm impressed with you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the, the questions and see where we go. So, do you have a favorite no effects song, Sully? Uh, I do. Um, so, my. Uh, for me, my favourite no fix song would be Leaving Jesus Land. Um, and it's one of those ones where, um, you know, there's, it, you know, obviously talk about people moving um, from, uh, you know, middle of the US out to either coast. Um, and so, so in, in retrospect, you're like, well, why uh, should this, you know, particularly speak to me, but it's, um, it, it's, it, it's got that vibe of a sense of community sort of, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, escaping, uh, the community that you don't necessarily belong. And even if that's the one that you've been sort of born and raised into, uh, so, you know, uh, I, I like the yeah. sort of community vibe about it. I literally do remember seeing no effects play at download one year and they did say any requests, and I yelled out, leaving Jesus land. And everybody looked at me like I'd just sworn um, because I don't think the rest <laughs> of the people there even knew what the song was. And uh, I think Mike turned Why aren't to... Why are you yelling one of the songs they're definitely going to play? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think Mike turned to the FA and went, we haven't played that in years. I don't even I don't even know if we know how to. Um, then weirdly, next time I saw them, they played the song. So, yeah. Nice. Ah. It's um, no, it's it's a good one. That there's a good bit of Mal yell on it as well. Anything where Mal yes. does things, I'm always yes. I love uh, a bit of uh, Mal yell, as you put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's um, which one's that? Is that Wolves in Wolves Clothing? That album. It is Wolves and Wolves it's, Clothing, uh, which is also yeah. like as an album as a whole. Uh, that's my favorite album, and it's not just because it's got that wrong one song on it. Uh, you know, it's got a bunch yeah, yeah. of. Uh, uh, of songs I really like. Uh, Sing Double at the Triple Rock, uh, the Marxist Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's got it's got some real real uh, yeah bangers, as the kids would say. They do. They would. And we'll be we'll be seeing all of those, won't we? Because we're all going to see them do their well, w- one of their two last performances in the UK, and yep. they're going to be playing Punk and Drublick, uh, and Wolf and Wolf's Clothing. Oh, you're coming to Leeds as well. Yes, yes. Oh, amazing. And, and it was, in, in terms of, uh, you know, the last two tour dates in the UK, it was that toss-up um, because, of course, Leeds is on a Friday um, mm. and the showdown in Hatfield, Essex, is on a Sunday. 
Uh, so, you know, as a as a job in comic, um, you know, you're you know, you're usually out gigging Friday and so that's like, oh, do I want to gig up give up one of my own gig nights? And then you're looking at the lineups in terms of what albums they're supposedly playing um uh at each mm. venue. And at that point we didn't know the support bands either, and it's like, uh, you know, yeah. do I do, do I go all the way uh down to Essex and so I can keep a Friday, Saturday free from own gigs. And uh, honestly, the the uh, tipping point for me was I, you know, I really want to see them play Wolves and Wolves clothing. I'll, I'll, I'll take the Friday off for once. <laughs> I'll go to Leeds. Yeah. Yeah. Treat yourself, yeah. I was gutted because my favourite uh, album is So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes, but I uh, I was like, well, I'm not going to not go to Leeds because it's half an hour from my house. Yeah, so, yeah that's, Obviously, um, I'm that- going there. Yeah, yeah, the but logistics. Because that, that was enough, just sheer legit. Like, you know, don't know what happens in between me buying the tickets and the concert date. Maybe my, my you know, maybe I'll put my car in a ditch and I can't drive there anymore. I know I can still get to Leeds, you know. Uh, so yeah, 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 yeah. The, the logistics, yeah, I'll have to say, was a factor as well. Having said that, uh, Get Dead uh, doing support um, down in Hatfield would have really liked to see them play, um, but supposedly we're getting co-defendants yeah. you said they're going well then surely that means everybody's available <laughs> yeah 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 well that's it and then and then also what's going on in between that is um the uh, slam dunk uh, slam dunk yeah is. which is and that was the other thing um because they're using the slam dunk stage and facilities and so forth uh it means that they can mm-hmm. accommodate so many more people than they would be if they were playing like you know an indoor venue um and so, you know, it's like, oh, do I need to panic and make the decision yet? And um, in hindsight, yeah. probably not. Uh, <laughs> no. I think you can. No, it's such I, such I a big space. Probably I think still you can get, still ticket. get a ticket. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think so. But uh, I, I got them the day they came out, just because uh, I felt, I don't know, I felt it was more like a thing then. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> There's not many things I sort of get on the day they come out. So um, me and Sully have recently made the mistake of not buying tickets on the day they came out. And that's why we uh, we we can't go and see Rancid and the Bronx uh, later, later this year. Yes, yeah, there was a little bit of uh, that that, that sold out far quicker than I expected, I have to admit. Way quicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was insane. That's good. Well, uh, the Rancid have just released a new song as as of recording. I've had a a new song out for a couple of days and um, I was really pleased. It was uh, <laughs> way better than I'd anticipated. Really, yeah. The, really, really I, I think possibly in terms of the demand for, well, I mean, you know, uh, the original lineup, assuming it hasn't changed, was Rancid, the Bronx, Grade Two, so a great lineup for that oh, concert. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Uh, but also, um, you know, you just got to be practical. There might be some people going, well, how many more times are they going to come out? Uh, to the UK. Yeah. yeah. Um, and really my mate Jez was trying to get me to go to, I think Austria. Uh, there's a couple of good, there's a couple of European festivals uh, where, you know, um, that's, you know, you know, almost sort of all the bands that are coming over around that time are all appearing at. Uh, and it's like, I must admit there are some cracking lineups if you're willing to, yeah. um, you know, uh, uh, pretend Brexit never happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, had Brexit not happened, we might have been able to enjoy some of these lineups without having to get on a plane. But uh, yeah, we've yeah, talked yeah, about that yeah. enough on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, by the way, I just realised that I'm drinking out of a Nigel Farage mug. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I uh, for the record, uh, it, oh, it's got a quote on it. When we believe something, we don't go. Are you thinking what we're thinking? We say it out loud. Uh, um, yeah. I, I have but a friend of mine, uh, we exchange Christmas presents and the rules are whatever you get given, you have to use, no matter how much it horrifies you. Um, so <laughs> I'm, sticking, I'm sticking to the rules. I'm sticking to the rules. Well, there you go. Sticking to the rules. Of course, if those, uh, if those rules were only agreed to a certain way, you would have demanded a recount. <laughs> <clears throat> so, so well, I mean, I've got, I'm t- I've turned into a lead voter. I'm just thinking, Oh, get over it. But I'm, I can't get over it because it's stupid and bad. So anyway, we, well, you know what? You've already preempted uh, the second question, favorite album. So it's uh, Wolves in Wolves Clothing. Uh, yeah, so it is Wolves in Wolves Clothing. If I had to make an alternative pick, like if you're like, oh, you um, can't choose an album that you've already chosen, uh, yeah, that your favorite song's on kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um then I would go a little bit left field, and I don't know if this is within the rules of the game, but I would go BYO Split Series Volume 3 because uh, almost uh, bringing this conversation back around in the circle, uh, that was the BYO Split Series Mm -hmm. that NoFX did with Rancid. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, for anyone not familiar with the BYO Split Series, very simple format, half a dozen songs each, one band covers six songs from the other and vice versa. Um, and yeah, that mm-hmm. has some, uh, that has some cracking ones on it. I, I would almost, and this is probably slightly heretical. I, I'd say I pref- probably <laughs> prefer Rancid's cover of Bruise um, uh, and maybe even Vanilla Sex to the No Effects originals. Um, if you've never checked out the BYO split series, uh, particularly volume three, uh, do it. Mm. I absolutely agree. I also agree on Vanilla Sex. I don't know if I agree on Bruise, but I really, really like Rancid's version of it. But yeah, I think their, mm. their version of Vanilla Sex is uh, is preferable. But they also put in that, um, oh, I've forgotten the song. It was on Let's Go, that riff. They put that riff into it, which is quite cute. <clears throat> yeah, they've uh, the no effects have done another one, another BYO, which or I don't know if it's BYO, but they did a split like that with Frank Turner. Yes, yes, yes. Have you years. seen the Have you seen the video? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, the yes. the videos are great. The videos are very postmodern, self-referential because um, what they did yeah. was uh, Frank Turner covered a no effects song, but then no effects did the video, but in the style of Frank Turner. So it's Frank Turner's voice, yeah. but it's. Uh, no effects wandering down a country lane, you know, with little six string guitars and sunshine coming through. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're, all, they're all smiling. They're all wearing like fun. white shirts and uh, yeah, uh, yeah. They're all white shirts and blue jeans. And uh, yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, they did that. That one, I really, I was really impressed with that one on both sides. I thought it was uh, really, really great. But uh, yeah, that's. Um, I, I love that you've chosen the the BYO split because uh, when that came out, uh, I was at uni when that came out and uh, I remember getting it and I was super impressed. And I really like the fact that it's sort of, they didn't choose like no use for a name or someone who would sound more sonically similar. They chose two quite, this sort of old school sort of street vibe 
sort of punk and that skate or whatever, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I mean, they're both. Um, Great. I, I mean, I would say out of the two, and uh, people might want to fight me on this. Um, no effects. <laughs> um, more what I would call typically California punk. That, 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 yeah. in, in terms, of, that's what I associate that sound a little bit more with, uh, as opposed mm. to the more sort of uh, street punky uh, sound uh, of Rancid. Um, you know, uh, and maybe, maybe you know, in terms of Cali, Berkeley's its own place. You know, <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I believe so. That sort of the the East Bay in general is sort of a, mm-hmm. a bit of a, uh, a a bit of its own monster. Um, although it was just, I mean, California is enormous. That's the thing is so. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Saying Los Angeles doesn't really mean much. Saying you know mm. because it, it's such it's a, a huge place. And it's been uh, really interesting, like, because we've been listening to their earlier albums. And mm. whilst I completely agree, they do sound like so Californian now. If, when you listen to like their earlier stuff, they do kind of come from a more of like a, a Washington hardcore trajectory. So it, it's interesting seeing that start from there, but end up, as you've said, just, you know, unavoidably Californian. They, yeah, they're, they're a lot riffier when they start out. Do you have a favourite No Effects lyric? Uh, so, uh, harping back sort of to what we've always uh, already talked about to a certain extent. So, I think my favourite lyric would be from Leaving Jesus Land, um, and it's mm-hmm. the refrain: "Queers, transgens, and lesbians, vegans, and vegetarians, all you brownish, red, and yellow ones, come and join us on the coast." Uh, and, you know, when I when I was speaking to the, you know, you know, when I mentioned earlier that one of the things I liked about that song was the sort of sense of community type vibe. Uh, I think that that sort of uh, that sort of sums yeah. it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, you know, absolutely. One of the, look, one of the things I like about No Effects is that um, there's no, you know, you sometimes get these people who are like. You know, like someone might be centre right, but they say, "Oh, yeah, I'm really into Rage Against the Machine," and it's like, well, "What? You know, what machine do you think they're talking <laughs> about here?" Um, and uh, yeah. you know, one thing, no, if you know, no effects have always sort of worn their heart on their sleeve. Uh, you know, they they they, mm-hmm. they 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 make it pretty clear uh, where they they sit on a lot of these topics. So, you know, you've got songs like "You're Wrong." Um, uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, for me, um, leaving Jesus Land is a, another one of those ones. But you know, particularly with those lyrics there, that uh, yeah, there's 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 not room for debate. Uh, <laughs> it's, there's not, there's yeah, not room yeah, for misinterpretation. That's what I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are, and it, and it's strange because there are some bands who are a lot more outwardly. I don't want to say cosmetically because I think they do they are like that but they're they're a lot more sort of hey everyone unity hang around together and all that kind of stuff you but shouldn't talk of, about anti-flag like that I'm not, <laughs> wasn't, you, know, you know what lord love them they weren't even the ones on my mind as i was uh doing that little disclaimer can i just say um, they were the one one of the ones on my mind when you were saying <laughs> i mean that absolutely accurate sure but um I don't know. It seems to be, it almost becomes a sort of a vague thing. It's like, um, 
when you sort of see like sort of, uh, hardcore, you know, like New York hardcore style bands doing shout outs to every single band that has ever existed in the New York <laughs> space area in any mm-hmm. sort of breakdown stuff. You honestly like all of those bands as much as each other? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Now you don't think any of them are dicks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's not one of them that you think is a boring nerd. Really? <laughs> but having a sort of a very, very clear and unambiguous list mm-hmm. of of people who are welcome, you know, and because it's also it's also saying let's forge this sort of community. It's like a sort of um, an allegory, I suppose. It's like saying, no, you're welcome at this show but we're talking about it as if it's an actual place that we could make yeah, yeah. Um, that, you know. And, and on that note, actually, um, uh, is it uh, Mattersville? Um, that would be uh, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a place for punks over the hill. Uh, if anybody ever bothers going to yeah. uh, my Twitter account, you'll notice, because on Twitter it's like location. I've, I've just got Mattersville. Uh, uh you know, oh, really? um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so if you know, you know, yeah. and if you don't, you just assume it's a real place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, but yeah, there's that. I think that, um, that there is a, a, a thing I've always found very appealing, the idea that, uh, you know, the family you choose is much more important than the family you were um, <laughs> assigned at birth. <laughs> <laughs> assigned, that's a good phrase, yeah. You know, but that's it. You know, there's, you know, so many people will uh, take advantage of the fact, oh, it's family. You've got to do it for your family. It's like, you don't. You can, <laughs> you can do it for people who give a shit about you if you like. You, you know, it's, I'm really lucky. I've got a great family. I was just, you know, just lucky that way, but loads of people haven't. Mm, mm. And so I think when you have songs like that, um, where you go, look, you can, I mean, with Mattersville, the first line is there's a place some of us choose to live. It's like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Just do that if you want. You can just choose. It's not, yeah, there are logistics in the way, but you can make that decision. <laughs> and I think that that's uh, that freedom of choice thing is is such a super important aspect of it. But no, that's great. Cool. Do you have a, a favorite memory of No Effects, Sally? Oh, favorite memory. Um, it can be direct or indirect, I suppose. They don't necessarily have to have been in the room, as it were. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, uh, there, there, there is a, there is one that sticks out, uh, I suppose, that I, I've, I've, re, uh, <laughs> I've recounted more than once, um, uh, and possibly two that intertwined. Um, you know, uh, I think on Facebook somewhere, you know, there's a... Must be part of a group called uh, that's just labelled No Effects Appreciation Society or s- some s- some nonsense like that. Um, yeah. And uh, someone mentioned having seen them at uh, a slam dunk, um, and I, I think this might have been someone seeing them for the first time. They'd finally got to see No Effects um, live, and they're like, "Oh, they were great yesterday," you know, blah blah blah, raving. And I just put underneath, I said, "No," and I was being honest. I'm like, "No, they weren't." <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were fucking awful. Um, like I've seen them five times. They've been great three times, terrible twice, and yesterday was one of those two. Um, and, and, and it was one of those things where I think, you know, this person was probably just getting wasted at the same time, at, at about the same level uh, yeah. as, as the band were, or most <laughs> members of the band were. Um, 
Uh, and so, yeah. you know, obviously it all mixes into the same experience. And I'm sure the experience were great, great, was great. But in terms of their, their actual hmm. live performance, it was all over the show. Um, and uh, yeah. uh, there's a, a comedy promoter that I'm sure you both know, Spiky Mike. Um, uh, Mike oh, yeah. uh, runs independent gigs in the Midlands uh, here in England, uh, also DJs and sees a lot of live bands, sees a lot of live bands. And because he uh, DJs Mainly the uh, at the venue uh, <laughs> in um, Nottingham, uh, yeah, he sees a, a lot of live bands, uh, I assume, for free. Um, and he mm-hmm. he was uh, he saw no effects and was um, uh, uh, disappointed. Um and he was like, you know, I was surprised that, you know, for a band that's been going for so long that they were so uh, uh, disorganized in terms of their live performance. And, and and I just said to him, you know, I said, who would have thought that the band who released a live album called I've Heard They Suck Live followed up by another live album called <laughs> I can't believe they've got worse live. Yeah. Terrible life. Like if only they gave us a clue beforehand. Um, yeah. And, 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 and again, that it's something you've got to appreciate with no effects is that they've never pretended to be anything they've not. Um, and they've always stuck to their sort of DIY, uh, DIY ethic in terms of, you know, uh, having their own album label in, in Fat Wreck um, and how mm-hmm. important, I mean, if you look at, if you take the concept of a body of work and you extend that to everything that the members have done on stage and off stage, um, then mm-hmm. their importance to the punk scene um, becomes that much greater, you know. Absolutely. The, there's um I saw a I can't yeah I saw a video of it because uh, it was definitely in the in the US it was a video of them live on stage uh, once and uh, Fat Mike said uh, you know the Dropkick Murphys are also playing in town tonight and the audience responds and he says uh, the Dropkick Murphys don't do drugs so we're having a much better time than the Dropkick Murphys <laughs> but the kids of the drop but the kids of the Dropkick Murphy show are having a much better time than you lot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, yeah, 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 yeah. it sounds possibly, possibly true, possibly true, but yeah. So, uh, and I figure that you know, with that level of honesty, who's going to argue that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've got to say they've, they've always been honest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, to their own detriment in some cases, but again, it's it's all sort of worked out. Although I think Fat Mike does vocals on a, a Dropkick Murphys song little guest uh oh does he yeah going out in style oh no way there's um he's in the video as well um there are great song there are two guest vocalists on going out in style one is uh chris from the living end who we've already spoken about and the other is uh fat mike because he was born in massachusetts and Ah. and so uh and so they mention here and then yeah he's got like a line that he sings in it so clearly if they did find out about that joke they didn't seem to care very much <laughs> so uh the thing i've always liked about no effects is that they will make fun of um th- the bands that they're friends with and like as much as the bands that they actively dislike yes um, yeah yep, yep. 
they're also sort of really open about it. Like there was something like, oh, uh, which bands are uh, which bands are jerks and which bands are cool that you're surprised about? And they're like, we're really surprised when Megadeth were all really nice. <laughs> I'm surprised as well, but yeah, great. Apparently, <laughs> you know, Slayer got really upset when we tried to steal some of their potato chips, but yeah, <laughs> which does have the ring of authenticity about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely believe that. Yeah, was, uh, yeah, was like yeah, Slayer snacks. We were just hungry. We wanted some snacks, and Slayer were like, "Hey, get away from those!" It's like, all right, don't touch the Slayer snacks. <laughs> what I like there is uh, you've, you've told a story about how you uh, were trying to sort of manage the expectation. I mean, to be honest, when you told that uh, that person managing the expectations of what to expect from uh, a NoFX show, if they thought that was great, if you'd have left that and then they'd have seen them on a good night, that, their heads might have blown. But- yeah, yeah, it might have blown their mind. Alternately, like I said, I, 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 uh, the, the vibe I got from that person's comments was that. Um, that was the first time they'd finally got to see the band they'd wanted to see for so long. Um, and let's face right, it, they right, were probably yeah. not in a driving state at the time. Uh, it's probably the right way to phrase <laughs> it. Um, and and so when sure. you combine all those things, uh, maybe they'd go and see NoFX uh, perform a really tight set and it still wouldn't live up to that experience. Um, you know, yeah. so, uh, yeah, you don't know. You don't know. Well, that- there's a story John Peel told about. Uh, it was a, I traveled uh, about three three hours to go and see the Sex Pistols play at some club, and then when I got there, there was a handwritten piece of paper saying "gig cancelled," which I thought was more in the uh, spirit of punk than anything else, really. So that kind of uh, <laughs> um, that kind of thing. But uh, basically, I was just uh, sort of uh, the next sort of question the uh, of of the list is. Um, how would you introduce a non-fan to no effects? Well, you know what? They've got such a body of work, really. I mean, 30 years worth. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. It, I think it depends on the person. Like, um, you know, if you want to get someone through, you know, the gate on a particular band, um, you choose something that's you know, won't put that person off straight away. You know, all bands have, um, you know, know, there's the odd band where every song they do sounds the same. Um, But most bands, you know, you you get a spread and you definitely get a spread with no effects. So, you know, um, if they um, have a particular penchant uh, for direct action um, land grabs against colonizers. May the, maybe I introduce them with "Kill All the White Men." Uh, you know, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, uh, you know, uh, if, if if someone is you know if their lean, lean is more towards reggae or ska, um, then 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 I uh, you know choose an applicable track. If their if their mm. uh, bent is more uh, you know they like their punk politics driven uh then i can find that as well yeah. uh so yeah i think it all um you know depends on the individual in that respect they are they are they are a group that can be tailored to um to the individual i suppose just because like you say because of all of that you know they've got songs that are technically oi songs 
not many. Oh, absolutely, but... <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and, and even even I mean, there is the the, the odd track with an oi 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 in there, but even the ones that don't, you know, you know, yeah. you get those tracks where you can hear the oi 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 even when it's <laughs> not verbalised. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, 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 yeah. It depends yeah. on. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, if um, someone someone is into straight conventional pop. Um, yeah, might struggle. <laughs> Maybe um, uh, you know to find uh, to find a no effects track for them that's re- you know going to get them hooked uh, straight off the uh, straight off the bat. Um, but you know yeah. if they're, um... I, I, th- I think the question used to be a little more prescriptive in a sort of right. Let's say there's a person who likes heavy music but has never heard of no effect, and it's sort of but it's just sort of a bit too. Um, it's a bit too handholdy as a question, so we just sort of went for a non-fan and and let people interpret it as they wish. But mm-hmm. yeah, I uh, yeah I, I I agree. I think it's sort of one of those things of it does come down to uh, sort of a playlist, really, doesn't it? It's sort of yeah 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 yeah. It's like send me their bi- send me this person's bios, their interests, like a dating website, and then I'll I'll tailor like an eight track uh, an yeah. eight track playlist of no effects to get them hooked off the bat. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. algorithm this motherfucker. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try and uh, yeah, try and get a spread from all of the eras. So, because the thing is, I mean, like Red said earlier, we've been listening to the the earlier albums. Um, the next one we're going to be doing is uh, Longest Line and White Trash. So, you know, we've not mm. even got to Hefe yet mm-hmm. <laughs> in the yeah. in the uh, yeah, 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 yeah. in the run of it all. We're about to sort of hit um, classic lineup. Yes, yeah. If you go to some of the really early stuff, then you know what? I probably yeah. wouldn't. I probably wouldn't. Uh, start with any of that for a non-fan just because even if they did like that, they might suddenly find that the bulk of the back catalogue sounds nothing like that, you know? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, very true, yeah. Very different. They're a lot more metallic sounding, there's a lot heavier guitars and and all the rest Mm. of it. And um, But also, it's sort of keep in mind that by the time they got to um, White Trash and stuff like that, they were all sort of getting up to like 30 or sort mm. of heading that and you know get, getting more in yeah. that way they weren't sort of you know bratty sort of upstarts so much anymore and and you know so that's that's where think they sort of hit their stride i think i don't know mm. well, for, for my money yeah. anyway but it's but it's interesting how there are some bands who you like you hear and you sort of go well thing is once once they all hit 30 and they all had kids and stuff you can tell that yeah 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 yeah. they, they never captured it again yeah. yeah and and in and in this case it's like oh no they they needed that long to practice to get to where they were <laughs> or, you know. yeah, yeah 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 they needed to learn to play their instruments <laughs> well in, in melvin's case definitely yeah <laughs> <laughs> You never get them as part of one of those memes where they go, Alan Rickman didn't act until he was 47 years old. You never get, no effects weren't good <laughs> until they were about 15 years. You know, you never get that. And I think that's a, a, a shame because, uh, you know, to take that as a source of inspiration, you go, sure, that's all right, isn't it? Keep at it. You know, they're 10,000 hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. Um, so what do you think their legacy is? Um... So, yeah, like I said, I think legacy-wise, you know, I mentioned earlier, if you look at things holistically, so you've got to look at more than just uh, 
what songs did they release? Um, you've got to look at mm -hmm. their longevity. Uh, the fact that that longevity was, in, in my opinion, from someone, you know, okay, working in the entertainment industry, but outside the music industry, seems to be uh, partially built on the fact that they did stay in-house DIY. Um, you know, yeah. uh, you know I, I think things things could have worked out very differently had they signed with that major label and it hadn't panned out and that kind of carry on. Um so I think you know you've you've got to look at the longevity, um, and then you've got and then you also look at you know all the things in terms of you know the collaborations uh, with other bands both on and off stage, uh, Fat Wreck, you know the whole thing, um, and when you look at that, look there's there's some punk bands historically who were very influential, but they were only influential for what they released. And nothing else. Um, no effects. I think the picture is much bigger than that. And, and as a result, I think their influence on the modern punk scene is is huge. Um, when you look at the full picture, I, I think that's uh, it's very astute. It's that thing of they didn't just write those songs, have them recorded, and then you know have someone put them out and have someone so that they. I mean, primarily Mike um, spent all of that time mm. doing that themselves. It's sort of uh, the auteur, if uh, if he were a filmmaker, I guess. Mm. Um, and I think that that is that is the the big thing. It takes a lot of effort, and it's hard to do. But if you just do that as much as you can, and then a few bits of luck here and there, you know. Uh, the luck mainly came in the form of Green Day's success, but you know they yeah, yeah, provide yeah, yeah. that. But if you if you look at that, you know who 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 were successful off of the back of that. You look at it, it was mm. Offspring, it was Rancid. Um, mm, yeah. You know, Smash went on to be the biggest independent record ever sold. You know, mm. sold more than uh, for for ages. I don't know if it still is, but you know, all of that stuff. And um, and they all sort of, I think all of them all of those bands flirted with the idea of a major label or having someone else. Mm. And it's not like a major label in a hoo, 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 let's get all the money. It's like literally someone else doing some of the work for you for once, mm. <laughs> <laughs> which is a really appealing position to be in when you've been Absolutely. doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, uh, Dexter from Offspring was uh, when um, Keep Them Separated was on the radio. It was like a bona fide radio mm. hit. Mm -hmm. uh, or he was on MTV and stuff. And he said that he was still living in this little flat in, in this apartment complex. And um, and his neighbours were like looking through his window and then looking at the TV. Going, <laughs> is that guy? Is that guy who lives in the same shitty apartments as us? The guy from the big hit? Like, because you know, the money hadn't come through yet. So he was still yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. so he was like eating cereal in his pants, looking out the window, and there's some people staring at him. He's like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> you know, I bet that was probably quite appealing to have someone say, we're going to look after you and sort all this stuff out. And, you know. And, and look, um, we all know within the entertainment industry, there are some people who are creative geniuses, but that's literally all they can do. Mm. They have to have somebody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, not, not every musician could run a record label, you know, uh, you know, okay. uh, uh, no matter how good they are creatively. 
Um, so, um, yeah, it is, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's not a, I don't want to say it's not a route for everyone. Um, one, one thing it, it does show is that you can go down the DIY route and you can make that work. And of course, the industry's changed a lot now, you know, back when no effects, yeah. uh, first started, you know, you, that, that, that was in the tape trading st- years, you know, uh, things yeah. like YouTube hadn't been invented, um, uh, so, you know, the, uh, the ability to potentially get yourself out there and seen by people, uh, was, I mean, how do you even do that in, uh, in the era before sort of mass media? Um, uh, but the fact that, you know, 30 years, uh, effectively independent or 30 plus years effectively independent, uh, is mm. a, uh, a legacy in itself. Um, I think also one of the things about NoFX is there, there are lots of bands where, and, and we, you know, you see this in the punk genre. There's certain bands who, even if they have the same name, really the band is one person and the other members of the band uh, that they happen to be playing with at the time. Um, uh, I yeah. don't know how you two feel about it. I, I can't imagine NoFX with any difference in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. Once that once they hit the, the the Hefe era, that's when it becomes this cohesive thing. And you know, as I understand it, Fat Mike is very much the sort of creative driving force in that he knows what you know. He writes all the songs. He sort of has an idea of how he wants them to sound and all this stuff. And so it is a bit sort of played a bit more like this kind of thing. But equally, I can't imagine him just telling them all precisely which notes to play you know it's like something more like this kind of i mm, i just mm. i assume that's how it is because i i yeah. don't think it could work any other way but it's that thing of well i li- i like playing music with these people and they like playing music with me so we just keep that i've never met fat Mike. he does come across as a jekyll and hyde type individual um and so yeah I, I would assume that there are plenty of good bands out there that if you added Fat Mike into the mix, uh, it would not work. Um, uh, I suspect yeah. <laughs> that he's one of those individuals that only certain people can work with. Um, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think it is a case of you, you've got to have all the ingredients for the recipe. I I think that's uh, that's not really been uh, spoken on before on the show, but yeah, I think that's uh, pretty. Yeah, it feels accurate, doesn't it? He's done stuff in like Me First and the Gimme Gimmies and all that kind of thing, mm. but that's basically being a backing band for Spike in it. Because now I think there's like, aside from Spike, like two of the original members of Me First and the Gimme Gimmies are still in the mm. band, you know, and the rest of it's uh, a thing. But that was also just a laugh. Mm that got out of hand by the sound of it. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I think uh, I think that is a good point. I think me and Sully have seen me first in the Gimme Gimme's support Rancid. Did that happen or have I made that up? Um, oh, I've definitely seen me first in the Gimme Gimme's twice now. Um, uh, once I know was at download. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know when the other one was. Uh, you know, it's one of those ones where gigs blur. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we did go and see them do a headline show, then potentially because they do. They they 
it sounds like they would be pretty maybe a little too big to be supporting rancid and now i think about it i think we actually saw there was a scottish band called control who supported rancid yeah it was control and wasn't it um uh like cockney rejects maybe? Cockney rejects or yeah in Cox liverpool Pirate. liverpool yeah that was it yeah that yes was it. yeah yeah good good <laughs> Yeah, uh, what you're saying about um, if NoFX had to replace a member, I think it, it would be very, very difficult. I think there's been one occasion, I think, when Eric Melvin's wife gave birth to their children, mm-hmm. twins, they had one or two gigs where the only two um, NoFX gigs that Eric Melvin's not played at, and they had uh, Roger from Less Than Jake uh, oh, cool! Play guitar, and he's a massive No Effects fan. I think they just went. Who else has got dreadlocks? Yeah, um, <laughs> maybe maybe no one will notice. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I think he also did all of Mel's Melvin's singing parts as well. He's got quite a sort of a high voice. He can do the the Mel yell and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, apparently, uh, absolutely thrilled to have been uh, been asked. But nice. And I suppose for a uh, a one-off thing, that's sort of like a novelty rather than a, a sort of a full replacement. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's that thing, you know, I've, I've, an ex-girlfriend of a friend of mine, um, this was when I was a, a much less agreeable individual. Um, <laughs> I was probably in my early 20s. But she was telling me that uh, when she saw Dead Kennedys, and I said, you seem awfully young. She's like, no, 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 they, they, they toured like two years ago. I'm like... <laughs> no no they didn't <laughs> oh, yeah. no 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 they did go, mm, did they though and it's, it's like it's like what without jello biafra she's like oh well come on he's not like the whole band i'm like <laughs> isn't he <laughs> and musically there's a lot of cool stuff about dead kennedy's that was not him but equally mm. i think anyone out of dead kennedy's being replaced is another no effect situation where i'm like i don't know if that's it's not the same the it's not the same yeah it, it's not the yeah. same. I would, you know, if Klaus Fluoride wasn't there, I wouldn't be pleased either. It's just one of those. It's it's things. it's one it's, of those um... situations where what's left of the band touring becomes almost a tribute band to the original band. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You become mm-hmm. your own tribute act, and yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it's that kind of thing. I remember. Um, oh, I can't remember who it was, but I think uh, Red and I were having. Uh, there was a thread on Facebook about something. Uh, someone was talking about and someone said uh, oh i see um black flag uh touring um is it <laughs> worth seeing them without henry <laughs> and uh, we were like <clears throat> right, uh, click the click the fingers uh, push the glasses up the nose i think you'll find they're only worth seeing without henry <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. how droll of me how droll um <laughs> but i think there was like six different versions of black flag anyway so uh, yeah I yeah yeah which yeah of course the one yeah. worth watching but yeah, you do have the weird situation a couple of times where you've had um, two versions of a band touring at the same time. Uh, yes, you know, yeah, after yeah. The split, they've both got members, and and whether whether it's been acrimonious or not, uh, they've both claimed uh, rights to use the name. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Black Flag have done that, and uh, who else? Uh, Misfits as well, I believe. Oh god, the 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 legal history of the Misfits band name is just <laughs> unless you have a 
not a degree, a bloody PhD in law. I don't think you'd understand that. It's absolutely baffling. You'll but you'll probably find somewhere <laughs> someone's written a thesis on it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Do you know what? As far as uh, music rights law goes, it's probably well worth uh, a professional lawyer looking into because if you can crack that one, you could do very, very well for yourself. We find ourselves at the last question, Sully. Uh, the last Ooh. question, the one that people can often find the hardest. Uh, who's your favourite member of No Effects? Uh, so uh, we've mentioned his name quite a bit. Uh, I'm going to go with Eric Melvin. Eric ah, Melvin. Lovely. Yeah. Any particular yeah. reasons? Uh, so, uh, so uh, uh, I do love the aforementioned Maliel. Um, uh, I, mm-hmm. uh, for me, he's a band member who, um, I don't know. It, it feels like, for lack, lack of a better way to put it, his personality has stayed consistent, um, uh, and that's. You know, I've never, you know, never sort of, uh, yeah, you know, um, other band members, uh, you know, we mentioned uh, the fact that uh, Mike has, has can have a reputation of being a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. Um, mm. uh, with Melvin, it always seemed to be, uh, you know, what you saw is what you got um in terms of his personality this is having never met the man that's just what sort of comes across um sure. uh, and you know I, I think um my uh opinion in terms of him being my favorite band member uh was probably cemented um when and weirdly i, I heard a few people um diss this track when it came out uh 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 I, I really love it. It's one of my favorite NoFX tracks, uh, Six Years on Dope, um, uh, oh, where, you know, like he that. does Absolutely. most of the vocals on. Uh, well, uh, I mean, if yeah. you, you know what, if you put it on a, um, if you put it on a straight split uh, in terms of word count, um, that, mi- that might not be true uh, in terms of saying he does most of the vocals, but I think he does uh, the most important vocals on. There we go. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, the, the, the texture that, uh, and he's been singing more on sort of later releases. There, there's mm-hmm. a, a wonderful texture to putting those voices together. Um, and I, I was listening to some um, uh, Seven Inch of the Month Club that they used to put out, and they put out a lot of the single and double album tracks on the Seven Inches um, over the past few years. But they're different versions. And there's uh, on, I think, the most recent one on the double album, there's a song called Don't Count on Me. And oh, yeah, yeah. it's sort of the reverse of six years on dope because Mike sings the uh, verses and then Melvin sings the choruses. And I heard the version where Mike sings it all nowhere near as good. There's just <laughs> something else about. I mean, there are different changes. There are changes to the song anyway, but yeah. just absolutely great. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm excited about uh, hearing more of his Melvinator uh, solo stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's. He is one member of the band. When I heard there was a side project, I was yeah. I'm not saying I wouldn't be interested if the others had a side project, but I was genuinely excited uh, that he had a side project. You know, mm, yeah, um, yeah. And I think yeah, I think that says something. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, you know, there's still an aspect to Hefe feels a bit sort of new guy, even though he's been in the band thirty years, <laughs> um, which is which must be which must suck. But um, yeah. you know. Uh, 
you know, you say, uh, Mike's got those sort of either the sort of the greatest guy you've ever met or a real standoffish jerk. Um, and it's probably somewhere in between those two things as a as a <laughs> as a daily thing. But you know, a, his bad days seem to be slightly more exaggerated than other people's, perhaps. But um, and like Smelly, you know, the the stories you hear about when he was on heroin, mm. you're like, I would not mm, want to yeah. be near that guy because uh, I'm I'm delicate and uh, frail. But now seems like you know, absolutely. Have you have you read the uh, the book? Yes, yes, yes. I have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hepatitis hot tub. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, his story in that is just goes from this horrible little druggy delinquent, like the sort of a, a real, real nasty piece of well, not nasty piece of work, but you know, a real sort of mm. loose cannon to as steady as his drumming. Mm-hmm. It is, is also what I, I mean. You mentioned Hefe. Uh, I, I, I'd be surprised if anybody uh, was willing to debate uh, the statement that Hefe is the most accomplished musician in the band. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, musically, he was um, better. I don't think there's another phrase. He was much better when he joined the band than all the other members of the band. Um, but, of course, at the same time, uh, this is punk, so bass is really important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Mike, Mike's, Mike's bass playing has improved uh, a lot, and I think because he's been able to incorporate sort of bits of jazz more and stuff like that, then there is some uh, skills on it. You know, not everyone can be Matt Freeman. That's just mm-hmm. the way life is. We've all got to, look at, you know, go, eh, can't, all, can't all be that guy. But I think Mike's bass stuff is, um, uh, there's some really great stuff, like that weird triplet thing that he does. And yeah, it's great. He's got His bass playing is like uh, more complicated than it, has to be i think like there are yeah. some like very melodic uh baseline moments uh, across all of no effects back catalog and it's almost um it's almost unnecessary at points in that mm-hmm. you know like we've got so used to uh the, the 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 immaturity and like the chaos of no effects but actually as you've mentioned loads of really nice calming jazz bass lines that he <laughs> manages to sing over in time yes <laughs> I know, and that's uh, and that's pretty impressive. You know, I uh, I can't do it, so you know, nope. I I don't need to. So um, that <laughs> doesn't worry me. But it would be nice to be able to do that. No, that's um, I think you're absolutely right. Well, thank you so much, Sally. Really, really appreciate you taking your time, taking your very early morning. Remember, everyone, on comedian hours, this is like six a.m. So yeah, 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 yeah. I'm off to. Uh... I believe Hurstwaite I'm digging in tonight, uh, if I've said that correctly. Oh, wow. And no, I'm not exactly sure where it is either. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, uh, fingers crossed the sat-nav does. Uh, Google Maps will hopefully be aware. Um, where can we find you and your online doings, if you have any? Uh, so um, uh, in terms of uh, online uh, profiles, that kind of thing, uh, at Sully something uh, is my tag on pretty much everything. Uh, in terms of what I'm up to next, um, uh, I've got a show, solo show coming up called A Complete Idiot's Guide to New Zealand. Uh, pretty much does exactly what it says on the tin. Uh, and that is due to be... Um, uh, debuting at the Reykjavik Fringe in Iceland at the end of June, uh, and then on to the Edinburgh Fringe for the month of August. 
Incredible. Really. Well, if you're in Reykjavik or Edinburgh, uh, and to be honest, Edinburgh is probably an easier one because you've got a whole month that you can yes. be there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, uh, Reykjavik, for me, much from narrower fourth, time frame. Yeah, 4th till 27th, uh, yeah, as opposed to uh, Reykjavik, which is, well, it's going to be one show uh, during the uh, one-week uh, fringe. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's Iceland, so, um, you know, it's... Um, it's smaller. <laughs> see, see, see if you can do a, an all ages show earlier in the afternoon. Do, do an afternoon one where kids are allowed, and then yeah. Uh, do well, well, my uh, my my show at the Edinburgh Fringe is uh, three fifteen in the Arvo. Uh, I purposely went for. I, I I think this show has a sort of uh, more sort of afternoony type vibe uh, to it, right, rather right. than a um, you know a, uh, a let it all hang out uh, evening show. Excellent. Cool. Which, which venue are you at? Uh, so I'm at, uh, oddly enough, despite the fact the show is called A Complete Idiot's Guide to New Zealand, I am with the Scottish Comedy Festival. Uh, so um, uh, <laughs> down at the Beehive the Beehive Inn uh, in the attic there, which uh, the attic is a all year round uh, comedy space these days. Um, so, you know, oh, it's no, nice. Great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, for those that don't know the Edinburgh Fringe, a lot of spaces are pop-up spaces. They're only... They sort of only exist during August. Uh, uh, the Attic is uh, one of the few mm-hmm. spaces in Edinburgh uh, that is a comedy space all year round. So um, that's uh, yeah, it's nice. Uh, uh, nice that uh, I found a home there for this particular show. Excellent. I'm very very pleased to hear it. If I make it up there, I'll pop in. Uh, thank you ever so much, Sully. You truly are one of the punk rock elite. <laughs> uh i would uh i yeah hey hey you, you know what uh you know what punks like uh there's always people uh who are willing to give their opinion of whether you are punk enough or not uh so uh, <laughs> absolutely i will uh, i'll leave that up for the debate uh thanks for having me folks you're welcome no I'm, I'm always i'm always uh concerned ever since we came up with the title thought someone's <laughs> going to take this too seriously one day um <laughs> Cheers, Sally. We told you it was good, didn't we? What a fun little chat. Oh, so good. Thank you very much, Sully, for uh, giving up some of your uh, comedian's morning or, you know, midday as it's known (laughs) to real people. Um, So, yeah, great stuff there. Um, And like you say, like you said in the intro, some, uh, some cool perspectives that I'd not really considered. Absolutely. And I, I can't recommend Sully more as a live performer. If you oh, do yeah. get a chance to see his shows, either in Iceland or Edinburgh, mm-hmm. um, do check him out. He's a fantastic comedian. He's a lovely man. And it was a pleasure to have him on the show. Or if you see his name appear on any uh, comedy clubs, comedy nights mm-hmm. near you, uh, mainly talking to our UK listeners here as um Aside from Reykjavik, he's not the most international of performers. You know, he you'd be surprised. He um he does track like a he, he did a short tour of Canada last year. Um he 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 does he does travel a fair a fair whack. Fair enough. Um, I was to be honest, I was more thinking of the timeline between now and the fringe, uh, yeah. oh, which yeah, is no, August. Be so, the UK. <laughs> so before yeah, so before uh, before before the end of August, you're probably going to be UK bound, apart from that one Reykjavik date Mm -hmm. but i'm sure you can find you know uh sully something you can find uh i'm sure he'll be keeping up to date with the places where he's going to be 
properly, properly pleased to have had him on. And uh, we'll be getting more uh, comedians on as and when we can find uh, ones who like punk. Maybe you, listener, maybe you know a, a comedian with a passing interest in no effects. I mean, if you have ever heard of a comedian speak positively um, or negatively, maybe that would be fun as well. Maybe. um, If you're aware of any uh, stand-up comedians um, or people of interest around the UK that that are interested in no effects, um, yeah, or international, in fact, yeah, anybody in the world. We'll, uh, you know, we'll absolutely uh, suggest guests for us because uh, we're... all the ones we can think of, we're already talking to or mm-hmm. <laughs> sat waiting uh, for them to reply. Uh, some of them will never reply, and that's okay. They don't have to. But um, so yeah, we're not. This isn't a desperate plea. We're not desperately running out. We've got quite a lot in the diary. We're all right. <laughs> but uh, you know, we'd like to uh, get a, a broader uh, uh, range of people. Um, hey, maybe some ones who are not men. That'd be nice. We'd really like that. We we have got we have got some people who are not men. Well, we uh, did have we're in um, talks with, but we had an interview that fell through that we will be returning to um, with yes. someone from Manchester Punk Festival. Yes, um, who is not a man. No. Um, there's and then, a few, a few yeah, not a man's uh, in my inbox uh, and uh, waiting for replies on, which will happen. It's just a case of finding times and dates that that suit everyone so yeah but we'd love to have that list longer and we'd like to have it more diverse as well so if you Mm -hmm. can help us with that we'd really really appreciate it lovely well great episode thank you so much for having us today eddie oh absolutely welcome thank you for being here red uh big thanks to sully um yep get in touch Thank you ever so much. I'm Eddie French and this is Red Redmond. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Punk Rock Elite. It was a Pick Scraped and Fruitcake co-production by Eddie French and Red Redmond. If you're not following us on Instagram or subscribe to the podcast, please do. The main theme and production was done by Eddie French. Please contact us at punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you.